opinionated sound room of ISM. I'm Ju- I'm Dave, and I'm joined by my gray-haired brother Josh. And this is Irreverent Sports Meandering, a podcast where two brothers from two states away try to bond by arguing sports. If you want to join in the irreverence and let your opinion be known, you can email us at ISM Dave and Josh at gmail.com. If you don't like what we have to say, we want to hear about it. We don't care. <laughs> but we'd like to make fun of your comment. We have a great show for you tonight. We are going to list our top five favorite players, regardless of position, talk about Tom Brady's retirement, and honor Papa Bear George Hallis as yesterday would have been his birthday. But first, there is a much bigger problem in the NFL that must be fleshed out, and Brian Flores is voluntarily crucifying his career to do that. Today is February 2nd, 2022. Let's get irreverent. Well, Josh, the the lead story this week uh, um, everywhere um, is Brian Flores uh, suing the NFL, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Broncos um, for racist tendencies in their hiring practices. Um, There's a lot here. There's a lot of stuff to go through here. and there's a second part to this too, but but let's start with this. Um, you heard all this. What do you? Where are you at? I mean, white guys with money. I mean, they're just old white guys with too much money, and well, that's usually what you're going to end up with. Um, so he is stating that uh, that there is a racial problem in the NFL and its hiring practices of coaches, general managers. Um, and there isn't one black owner in the NFL. Not even still, there's still. still. Why did I think there was? Yeah, that is. Uh, I mean that that goes back to kind of the fundamental issue with you know uh, black people in America is all the white people have the money and they still have the money and they will still have the money for a while. Well, and right, because, because of that, time, the money can't time, go to anybody else Mm -hmm. and so that means there's nobody with that amount of money to join the game you know well there is you know but nobody has been interested (laughs) um or so they're they're just not taking it they're not being able to get into the 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 good old boys club yeah i mean that's that's something too that's more closed you know behind closed doors that you know we i don't you know, I don't live behind those doors. Yeah, so right. I don't know. Um, so we know, right? Um, and anyone who's listening to this podcast um, is is most likely um, a uh, an NFL fan, so they know these things. Um, but the Rooney Rule, just to kind of explain it, is this rule that the NFL came up with that a team has to interview two minorities before they make their hiring decision. Is that is that correct? Am I saying that right? Uh, no, that's not correct. They have to, they have to interview two external minority candidates. So oh, say two external, say, you're right. Yeah. So say like their offensive, mm-hmm. uh, coordinator was black and they interviewed him for the head coaching job. That would not satisfy that you're right. One you're of right, those you're right. Two. So it's, so it's even more strict than, than even what I said. Mm-hmm. So two external minority candidates must be interviewed before you make your hiring decision. Um, Josh, is, is that a good rule? Is, is there a better rule? Where, what, what should be the rule? 
I think that rule inherently pushes racism forward in the NFL. I think that's it's terrible. It's a horrifyingly terrible rule. Like, just like look at it this way, okay? So already in the NFL, like black people are not getting the chances that you know white coaches are getting already. We know that. Just the numbers say that. Now, now you have guys who are already know who they're going to hire. And now they have to parade minorities around doing these sham interviews. Like sham was the word that Brian Flores used. That's why I used it. But mm-hmm. these basically these, you know, like ceremonial interviews, interviews mm-hmm. just to satisfy this, this rule. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that's like, you didn't really think about the out, like nobody thought about the outcome or nobody just cared about the outcome. But, but sometimes like, it has helped. Now, yeah, now but sometimes it has helped, like in the case of Mike Tomlin um, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, like, it can uh, help. It absolutely can help. And that's why, you know, no one's going to, you know, be like, oh, this is this rule's horrifyingly bad because it has helped. But it is horrifyingly bad. You know, it's just like. So what know, is the answer? So let's just let's not say that, like, oh, this is bad and whatever. What is the answer then? Racial issues are always going to be there. And so it's always going to be a problem. And so maybe, maybe, maybe this is the lesser of two evils. Maybe doing this um, is the best possible thing that we can do. I'm not saying it is, but I'm not saying it's not either. I, I don't know where you go from here. I don't know what you do instead of um, making um, uh, teams uh, interview. Uh, because because <laughs> unfortunately... Um, as much as I'd like to think that, you know, color, you know, uh, isn't an issue, it is. I'd love to say that, oh, you know, it doesn't go through people's heads um, and there isn't a racist owner out there, but there is. I don't know who they are and I'm not naming them because I don't know their hearts. I don't know where their heads are, but there has, there, there, there is. So I, I think I like the spirit of the rule um, and I think... I don't know if there is a better way to do it. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Um, yeah, there's really, I'm not even sure. Yeah. If there, if anything exists, I'd like to talk more about this yeah. kind of dual second, prong thing where second, it's like, yeah. hurts the integrity of the game. And also is extremely racist <laughs> to, to pay a black coach to lose games. Now, like, now, do you think cow. it was just because he was black, or do you think he would have done that if it was a white coach? And have white coaches done this too? So more than likely, I would have to say probably. But all we know is we two black work, coaches. All we ha- can work on is the information that we have. So, right. with that said, now all of a sudden you're um, you're boosting like this, like oh my gosh, this idea that like rate like, like black coaches are being set up to fail because. We have two very specific examples of this now. Like, and now, of course, these doesn't these examples don't have to be the norm, of course. But I mean, it's pretty shocking. It's, well, yeah, yeah, I would say. But again, Flores says that he was offered what? Let, let's go through it here for a second. So Flores um, alleges, right, that uh, the owner of the Dolphins um, offered him a hundred thousand per game in 2019 to lose. And Brian Flores re- refused. Um, and 
they they won some games more than they wanted. And Flores again alleges that that was the beginning of the end for him there, because he refused to just throw games. Yeah, and, and that that calls into question, yes, what you said about the black about oh black coaches are expendable, um, but it also throws into question. <laughs> the integrity of the game itself. Yeah, which is a much lesser issue here. Much lesser okay? issue. Much lesser but, issue. But, but it especially does. with the NFL, how it's wrapped its hands and arms around gambling, like yeah. this is this is a huge, huge thing. And now Hugh Jackson, the, the, uh, the ex-head coach of the Browns, who only won one game in two and a half years, right? Yeah. Something like that. It was something crazy like that. Um, he's alleging as well that the owner of the Browns offered him a hundred thousand to lose games so they could get the first overall pick, and they did. So, how deep does this go, and how many owners have done this, and um, is this going to affect how people gamble? I mean, I, I, I feel like any team that's really bad you're always going to not want to put money on that. Okay. So that's just, it is what it is. Okay? Right. But think about this. But I mean, in, baseball, NFL, for, in baseball, the White Sox uh, through the world series in uh, 1919, and then they were thrown out of baseball. So should these owners be thrown out of football? I would be surprised if we didn't have some teams going up for sale pretty soon. Yeah. The, the Broncos I would are. be surprised. <laughs> Oh yeah, but they weren't even one of those teams. They were just uh, the guys who showed up late and drunk. Right. Again, <sighs> disrespectful to uh, someone they're interviewing. Did you hear that they like fervently deny that, and like they have like me like like meeting minutes and everything? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I I'm like, okay, so how quickly did you type that up? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and That's who what keeps I was that crap? Too. And we like, all know that John always <laughs> and like we all know that John always is an asshat. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's he's a freaking <laughs> idiot. So I could totally see this being true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, I don't know. It's it's so crazy because like my head just like it's so. I don't know why it's shocking, and mm. and I and I don't like Marcus Spears's analysis on football a lot. But he he has a great quote on ESPN, and he's like, "Spare me your shock," and I'm mm. like, "That makes a lot of sense." <laughs> like, mm. Yeah, mm. why 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 is anyone really shocked? I'm more like I was shocked mostly by the hundred thousand dollars, but like this whole like thing is yeah. I mean, like, it, I just don't. My head never goes there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm assuming yeah. that the games are up and up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that everything's right. On uh, 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 like. Everything's good. I never go to the place of, oh, well, the referees were paid off. Uh -huh. I mean, I may say that, but I don't really believe it. Yeah, but now maybe, now, maybe now, some of our knows? worst nightmares. It's true. Yeah, right. Who knows now? Like this yeah. is a much bigger. This is this is gonna be a huge issue. Um, Josh, do you think there will be any repercussions for the NFL, the Broncos, the Giants, the Dolphins? Well, first of all, the NFL itself, I don't know what how they could be held accountable for anything because technically speaking they're a non-for-profit organization and it's the owners that really have been doing all of these operations that well, yeah but the owners are the nfl like so, so the nfl is run by roger goodell 
Yes. All right. And he is in the is in the business of making the owners money because the owners are the board for the NFL. So technically, when you're suing the NFL, you're suing every single owner. Oh, is that how it's structured? I really didn't understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that would make a lot of sense. Um, I think. I think that there are and I, you know, there's. Everyone wants to say just black and white statements, um, but there are varying shades of like um, gray here. You know, mm-hmm. like there is there. I feel like there are some teams that are not guilty of this, at least not, you know, of the re- of the recent, you know. Oh, of uh, course. Of course. Not everybody's and, doing it. Yeah, that's my point is like what where do we like where do we draw the line there? Like do we do they just go down with the ship? You know, and, you know, that's, it seems unfair to me, but then again, you know, it's like, they're all owners. They should have kept themselves accountable. So I'm also kind of like, and they know what each other is doing. They're billionaires. There's only 30. Am I really going to have for them? (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And I think, I think Brian Flores brought the whole NFL into it so that it would be an exploratory uh, trial. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a good thing. Brian Flores I would have to say, so this guy is probably, I mean, he is geared up to, to sign probably like a, like a five year or maybe a four year, you know, $30 million contract, right. Mm-hmm. With an NFL team. And he mm-hmm. just says, F it. This is just wrong. I'm not yeah, going this to is a bigger this issue. This is more I, important I, than my coaching future. I think that is one of the baddest things i've seen like baddest isn't yeah. good yeah i know what you mean yeah. <laughs> i mean <laughs> thank you for explaining that <laughs> if you didn't understand i am in my 40s the, so i'm not sometimes when you use like the you. antithesis of a word it actually means the opposite anyway right, um right. right no no i appreciate that uh you know i'm 41 and you're, i'm not young and hip like you <laughs> yeah yeah um but i agree but, i agree yeah. but he said that hey i know that this could cost me my career but yep. this is a bigger deal this and is he, the bigger issue. And if change happens because of me doing this, then it was worth it. And, and things we need to recognize is that it's like coaches, like if you look at the, the history of black coaches and white coaches and what white coaches do to get fired and then black coaches, man, he got fired after what? Two back-to-back winning seasons, mm-hmm. right? Um, Lovey Smith, just to bring in the Bears, was fired by the Bears after going 10 and 6. Uh, in their def- in in the Bears' defense, though, they fired Mike Dicka after his only losing season he had with them. I I agree with that. I, so, I do agree with that. No, no. So I there's know. that. There, there he was with the Bears for a long time. Sometimes, regardless, if you don't make the playoffs, less, there seems to be less of a leash. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um. Uh. On uh, black coaches. Yeah, like, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I I don't either. I, I would bet that that was that is the case. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Brian Flores will ever coach again? I think so, yeah. How many years do you think it'll take before an NFL team hires him? I think I think that there's still a shot that he could that he could coach this year. Oh, okay. Well, if 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 he does, I will be I will be shocked. Um uh, and happy for him. And happy for him cuz he he got everything he wanted. So I do have to. I do have to mention there is one minority owner, Shad Khan. Of the oh, Jaguars. that's right. Yeah, the Jaguars, which they just hired their coach, by the way. 
Oh, who'd they hire? Doug Peterson. Really? That's good news for the Bears. Why? Because that means we can hire Bisacci as our special teams coordinator. You know what I really wanted? I wanted the Bears to hire Dave Tobe as the uh, coach. Dude, he's with the Chiefs. Yeah, but he's awesome, man. Oh, he's a head coach? He's a head coach, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, dude, that's what Hub says, man. That's what Hub says. I, um, I really would. Anyway. Yeah, Maybe this is fine, but whatever. But, but I thought, we, I, I, I'm glad that we fleshed this Brian Flores thing out. It's not over. Like, we're going to learn new stuff every single week. Um, and, uh, and I have a feeling, I have a feeling that the NFL um, is going to continue, is going to make some mistakes in this. Yeah. Some big mistakes. I would assume so. They don't, they don't tend to do anything right until they've done a couple thousand things wrong. Right. Exactly. So. All right. Well, Josh, um, you have my question of the week, which I got right last week. Mm. Yes. So this is inspired by a trivia question that was on the NFL Network earlier this week. So, okay. um, I'm so, not watching the NFL Network right now. Go ahead. So, Tom Brady, best quarterback to ever play, probably the best Michigan quarterback to ever play too. Um. Wait, wait, wait. best Michigan quarterback at Michigan? At Michigan, yep. No, disagree with that statement right there. Wait, what? Not, he, no, he's the best quarterback to come out of Michigan. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, best quarterback to come out of Michigan. What are you talking okay. about, dude? Yeah. Oh, anyway. I thought you meant, like, his stats at Michigan. No. So um, seventh-round draft pick. Yeah. Um, can you name the three quarterbacks after Tom Brady with the most – Games started in the NFL out from of Michigan? Michigan. Out of Michigan. Um. Okay. Um. The first and se- the first one you're gonna get, obviously. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. The second one I think is a little bit harder. The third one I don't even know. In the NFL, Michigan quarterback. Um. Ryan Mallett. Nope. Drew Henson. Nope. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. They have very few games. Um, gosh, I hate Michigan so much. So, so do they have to start a game as a quarterback? Yeah, they're the most games started as a quarterback, yeah. In the NFL, okay, all right. Yeah. So, okay, all right, because... So I it's think, not Denard Robinson, no. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I know, you, I know where you're going with that, yeah. Okay, 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 and I appreciate that. Um, Wow. I cannot think of any other Michigan quarterbacks. Oh, oh, yeah. Who? Chad Henney? He's number three. So I got the top three. You got one in. No, you have two. Starting with Tom Brady is number one. You got two and four. Oh, okay. So I'm missing three. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, I have a hint if you need it. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Chad Henney. All right, give me a hint. He played for the Bears. He played for the Bears. Jay Cutler. No, I'm just joking. He went to Vanderbilt. Um, he played for the Bears. Wow. Sid Luckman. <laughs> All right, I'm going to assume we're done here. It's uh, Brian Greasy. 
Oh, duh. Yeah, Brian Greasy. I forgot about him. Yeah. yeah I remember games. him playing. 93 oh. games started. Do you realize Jim Harbaugh played for like 14 years, but yeah. only has 129 touchdowns in his career? <laughs> I mean, he wasn't the greatest quarterback. He was, he was He was a winner, though. Like, he was a good quarterback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he actually went to a AFC Championship game at some point, right? The Colts? I don't know. Yeah, Maybe it was not. the Colts. It was the Colts. Um, yeah, they were one pass away from going to the Super Bowl. All right. Well, I'll call that a win because you you knew they're really the number two, which is really the what most people would not even be able to guess there. Chad Penny. So, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I was pretty impressed that I got that one too. So. Yeah. You're welcome. There we go. Well, you, Josh, you did have a Ryan Mallet in there beforehand. What'd you say? You did have a Ryan Mallet in there beforehand. So I did, I did, <laughs> but you know, it's all good. I I didn't know. I couldn't I couldn't think of like and I knew Ryan Mallet didn't have a ton of games, but like I was like, well, maybe there wasn't anyone else. You know what I mean? So I was I was just gonna throw it out there. But all right, Josh. Well, let's get to our list this week. Uh this list is we're doing our top five favorite. NFL players, regardless of position, all time. Who's your number five, Josh? Uh, my number five is Christian Okoye. Ooh. So I think we're old enough to know that he wasn't a great running back. You know, at the time, you know, we we when we were kids, we we're like, oh, he's amazing. He, yeah. he wasn't the greatest running back, but he he was a very good running back. And boy, like some of his highlights are just insane to watch. You know, he is... The Nigerian nightmare. The very best, the very best nickname of all time. I, I, I agree. It's just not even... Yeah, totally. And, uh, yeah, I just... You know, he... He was a, he was in Tecmo Super Bowl, or Tecmo Bowl, or maybe it was Tecmo Bowl 3. I don't remember. One of the Tecmo Bowls, man. He was untackable. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Untackleable. It was awesome. Yeah. Right, who's well, your, go ahead. Who's your fit? Who's your oh, number five? So my number five played for the same team and played together with Christian Okoye. Do you know who my so number five is? Derek Thomas. Yes. Yep. Derek Thomas, man. Like, that guy was just a stud. And it was before I had sports hate. So, like, I didn't hate the Chiefs then. Um, and I just, man, he was so amazing and he would have been the all time sack leader if he hadn't passed away. Um, Derek Thomas, for sure. Number five. I got, and this is going to be more of a Homer pick, but I've always really loved Israel Adonage. Um, kind of his Israel story. Adonage, man. You yeah. pick, you're picking some out there. You have the Jersey and everything. I, he was a, he was a guy who. You know, that just does my best Chris Collinsworth impression. Um, this is a guy that went to the Columbine after uh, playing. I think he played. He in, reminds me of Brett Favre. <laughs> I think he played college football in Canada and brought his. He just went to the Combine and brought CDs of his plays and whatever. And, you know, wow. handed them out to people. And uh, and then, you know, eventually he got on practice squads, got to the Cincinnati Bengals practice squad. Got to the Bears practice squad, and this guy went from a practice squad player to a backup D tackle to the starting D cap tackle to the starting defensive end. I mean, that kind of a progression. He's a worker, man. Yeah, 
absolute Chicago, the, like the type of guy that Chicago loves. Right, uh, right. So, yeah. Blue collar, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so my number four actually moved positions as well. Uh, he was uh, drafted out of uh, New Mexico as a safety and then was moved to middle linebacker by the Chicago Bears, Lovey Smith, or not Lovey Smith, Dick Duran, um, and that's Brian Urlacher. Um, he's, he's my number four. Like, uh, I, I was always amazed watching him play. In fact, the one play I always remember though, and like it isn't a good play for him, but I'll, I'll always remember like when Tom Brady was running at him and he juked and he juked Brian Urlacher out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, <that> was... <laughs> Tom Brady folks. It's... I guess he just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> right. You just don't expect that. But yeah, so that was, uh, that's my memory from Brian Urlacher, but Brian Urlacher was amazing. Like he was so fast from uh, sideline to sideline. You could not outrun him uh, on a, on a sweep. He was amazing. So he's my number <laughs> yeah. four. Um, and just to go back and make a quick correction, I, I said Cincinnati Bengals, it, it, uh, Izzy played uh, or was on the practice squad of Cleveland, not Cincinnati. Oh, okay. uh, uh, it's, a, it's an Ohio team. It doesn't really it, That's why, yeah. Um, number three, um, I kind of have a combo here because growing up, they were like, just like my favorite, my favorite players, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, the, the, the quarterback wide receiver combo. Um, so you're so, throwing two players in here? I'm th- I have to throw them in as a combo because if I, if I just take Joe Montana, I'm like, eh, if I just take Jerry Rice, but together I love them. Like they were, oh, really? Great, wow. You know, okay. Um, okay. I still have a, a Jerry Rice's plaque on my wall. And uh, a Kansas City Chiefs Joe Montana jersey. Um, so. You have some odd jerseys. <laughs> I have weird jerseys. Yeah. Anyway, I like it. I like. I like it though. I like it. I got. Um. Well, my number three is Jerry Rice. Okay. You know. Um. One thing that's interesting is I've watched this uh, Joe Montana documentary, which is if you have not watched it, folks, it's on Peacock and it's freaking amazing. Um. Is that Jerry Rice? His first few games couldn't catch anything. And Joe Montana was like, who the frick is this wide receiver? But like, then he, they figured it out and all that stuff. And the rest is uh, hall of fame history. But Jerry Rice is my number three, the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game. My number two is Deion Sanders. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Prime time. Yeah. He was, it, we grew up in the perfect time for Deion Sanders. Like he was yeah, in the height of his career when we started to kind of remember, you know, be old enough to remember watching uh-huh. football and yeah. man, he was just awesome. It was awesome. Like that he went, he got, he got traded or was a free agency to SF, won a Super Bowl, free agency to Dallas Cowboys, won a Super Bowl. <laughs> like, right. Does that awesome. tell you how great he is? That's insane. Dude. Absolutely played every single. I think there was a game where he played every single play because he at the near the not near the end of his career, but near end of his stint at Dallas. Um, he played cornerback, wide receiver, and he returned kicks. So I don't I don't think he played every play, but it was like he played a lot the largest majority of like a a game that a player has done since the days that everyone you know played both ways. So right. Exactly. Oh, that's... also he also he had that um the double play day, you know. Oh yeah, he... when he played for the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Braves. The same day. Yep. Yeah, that's that's brilliant too. He was just a trendsetter, man. He's yep. a trendsetter. 
Um, my number two is Walter Payton. Walter Payton is my number two. And I know that's, I, I feel weird um, putting him as number two. Um, but I, I have to be honest. Like, I love Walter Payton, and he's my second favorite player of all time. He's the most durable running back. And he he had more yards with, like, terrible offensive lines than I've ever seen. Well, besides Barry Sanders, of course. Um, but Walter Payton, hands down, man. So I don't like, actually oh. remember watching Walter Payton play, so I automatically couldn't put him on this list. Oh, okay. So so I actually do remember yeah. some games. All right. Yeah. Um, not a ton, but I watched a lot too, and I have some on DVD and um, just dad's stories. And I mean, I loved Walter Payton so much that when I learned that he took ballet in his training for football, um, that I took ballet. So mm. for so long is that it then became uncool and I could, and my mom wouldn't let me quit. So I kicked the teacher <laughs> and she kicked me out. Wow. Didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> they must have, mom and dad must have failed to tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't miss me. Well, why would you remember quit? that? It's only like seven or seven or eight. You know what I mean? Or I was probably, I was probably like eight or nine. So you would have been like, what? Six, five, five. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah. Yeah, so uh, my number one is Bo Jackson. Oh, I knew you were going to say that one. I just, he was, so first of all, the one thing about Bo Jackson is that he was a, like, he could have been the greatest running back of all time. And he didn't even like football nearly as much as he liked baseball. Like, he wasn't even available to play football until, like, a certain point in the season because he Played for the Kansas City or Kansas City Royals? No, the uh, yeah, Kansas City Royals. Um, and he he his priority was baseball, but when he like hit the the, the gridiron, man, he was absolutely oh, he was bonkers. amazing, bonkers, he was amazing. Man. You can't put him on a list of greatest of all time because he just didn't have a long enough career to say that, right? Um, and and what's really sad is that his career ended quick, like early. If he just would have gone, it wouldn't have ended early if he just would have gone to the hospital. I guess the issue that he had could have been fixed, but he was mm. just trying to tough it out, you know. Mm. So that's really sad to guy. hear. He is a tough guy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, his... also one of those untackable, untackable players in Tecmo. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he could run forever. Yeah. Um, I uh, so I don't know if you know this, but um, after he was injured um, and he was on his comeback for baseball. Um, he signed with the White Sox, um, and his first at bat as a White Sox in the first game, he hit a home run. That's how great he is. Yeah, he also he ran up a wall. Unbelievable. Yeah, but that was before the injury. I'm talking about after the injury. Yeah, yeah. So, well, my number one, Joe Montana. Ah. I, I know Tom Brady has all the stats, and I know Tom Brady is the goat. He's the greatest of all time. Um. But man, if Joe Montana played in today's NFL where corners can't drape themselves all over you, imagine what Joe Montana could have done too. Yep. You know, um, I get it. I'm not going to doubt Tom Brady. Tom Brady's amazing. But Joe Montana is my favorite player of all time. I loved him as a, as a kid, um, had his football cards and, um, and all that good stuff. Um, I loved Joe Montana. Um, and this documentary we're watching is like the greatest thing I've ever seen ever on Peacock. Did you watch the newest episode? Uh, I haven't yet. I'm I'm actually halfway through. I think episode four. Um, it's but yeah, 
Yeah, I, I wanted to put him and Jerry Rice separately, but I'm just like, you know, that's two people from like basically the same team. I just I felt like there's more but people I wanted but to touch on. They were the greatest when they, they were tired. Yeah. They yeah. were both the greatest of all time in their positions. When they retired, yep, absolutely. Jerry Rice is still the greatest of all time in his position. Yep. He might um, be the greatest football player of all time, some people might say. I, but I, I, would, I, I can't argue with that. Maybe Barry Sanders might be in there. No, Walter Payton. Anyway. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, so we, we're already almost – man, we're almost out of time here, Josh. Um, we have a lot to still go through. So let, we're going to we're gonna kind of just run through this real quick. Tom Brady retired this uh, this week officially, officially, um, and he retires uh, with literally all the records, all right? Most touchdowns, most passing yards, most Super Bowls, most fourth quarter comebacks, uh, and that's counting uh, Joe Montana, you know? So, like, that's quite amazing. Josh, do you think we will ever see this type of greatness and longevity? I think I think so. In this longevity, I th- yeah. I think Tom Brady was the first really great quarterback to start his career in the era of being protected all the way. Okay. So that's so true. That's a good point. So look at what Patrick Mahomes has done in just what is it, five years, four years. Five. Yeah. Dude, well, his yeah. rookie year, not rookie year, but his second year in the league, basically his first season starting. He threw 50 touchdowns. Like, mm. like I mean, Tom Brady didn't do anything that great for, like, you know, four years, you know, into the league. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. Well, like, I mean, literally, he's gone to the championship game every season he started. Every season? No, not every season. Every season. Almost every season. No, every season. This is his fifth year. His first year, he didn't start. His second year, he started, and he lost to the Patriots in the championship. His uh, third year, he went to the Super Bowl, and I think they, they they won it. They won it. Then his fourth year, he went to the Super Bowl and lost it to the Buccaneers. And then this year. Every year he's been a starter, he's been in the AFC championship. Or in the championship game. Wow. Yeah. He's I didn't realize in that. In the AFC championship. I did not realize that. Yeah, I mean that that that's amazing, Josh. Um, who is who is quarterbacking the Bucks next year? Oh, uh, I would assume Russell Wilson. Okay, Russell Wilson. I would All assume right. Russell Wilson. All right, wonderful. All right, Russell Wilson. Um, just kind of go over our picks from last week. Um, we both chose Kansas City. We were both wrong. Um, Josh chose the 49ers in the second game and I chose the Rams and I was right, but it got dicey for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Oh, they just would have pulled that off. That would have been great. So in the Super Bowl, Josh, who are you taking? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I feel like the right choice is the Rams, but I I'm choosing the Bengals. Really? Okay. I really think that I think Joe Burrow is, really shown himself to be one of the, like he, he as he could be one of the greats. Like, you know, he's, he's won some hard games to win. He's put up big gaudy stats. I think maybe, I think maybe Stafford is just going to be, you know, sent home. Okay. So. All right. Well, um, I would say I'm saying the Rams and for one reason alone, the Bengals offensive line is piss poor. Oh, God, that's such a good point. What is Aaron Donald is going to be all over him. 
all over him. And he's going to be dealing with Jalen Ramsey. Can I go back? Can I go to the Rams? Do you want to change? No, I'm I, no Bengals. I'll go to the Bengals. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so those are our Super Bowl picks, and I'm telling you the Rams are going to win. We'll see. Um, a couple, uh, the Oakland Raiders, they hired their GM, Dave Ziegler, from uh, the Patriots, and then they hired their head coach from the Patriots, Josh McDaniels. <laughs> um, and then the Giants hired Brian Dable, um, and that's what caused all this controversy. Um, and then the Jaguars just hired another white guy as well, Doug Peterson. Um, so we still have four four coaches that haven't been hired yet, Dolphins, Texans, Vikings, Saints. Um, and there's talk that the Buccaneers position is going to open up um, if Arians walks away, which he could with Tom Brady walking away and being like, I don't have the energy to restart this whole thing unless they get Russell Wilson. Um, well, Josh, uh, that that is a lot of stuff we've gone through tonight. Um, do you want to do the you want to do the birthday one? Yeah. All right, let's do it. So usually we do the birthday of the day that we are recording. But as you know, the Bears matter more than any other team. So yesterday was George Hallis's birthday, February 2nd, 1895. He was born. So we're going to celebrate Papa Bear. Um, he founded the NFL in 1920, and he was an inaugural member of the Hall of Fame in 1963. Here's a little known fact. He played for the New York Yankees in baseball. And he, uh, so when he played, he co-owned the, the Decatur Staley's, which became the Chicago Bears. Do you know why he named them the Chicago Bears? I don't. Because of, um, he wanted an homage to the Cubs. And he said, well, football players are bigger than, than baseball players. So a bear is bigger than a cub. That's why he called them the Chicago Bears. Interesting, and I never heard that story. Yeah, yep. In 1921, he took the Decatur Staley's after buying them from um, the previous owner, um, Mr. Staley, and moved them to Chicago and called them the Bears. He coached the Bears for 47 years, and then he died in 1983, the year before we won the Super Bowl of, um, of pancreatic cancer. But there is a story I have, but I want to hear your story first. What, what's your memory of, of Papa Bear Hallis or story that you heard? I'm a little, I'm a little young for this to be a memory. Are you sure? But, okay, so there. <laughs> we already said you're very, young and hip. For a lot of people who live in Chicago, they actually don't know that there was a terrible uh, tragedy where a boat sank in the Chicago River. Mm. Okay, so this boat had... Uh, Basically, everyone—I don't know if everyone died, but a lot of people died on the, in, in the sinking of the SS Eastland. Um, mm. it, now, what is crazy about this is that George Hallis actually was on the list of people on the boat and was listed as somebody who died on the boat. What? Yes, they actually have the newspaper listening that his name was on there, but he mm. actually was late for the boat because he had to stay at work. So, mm. so he wasn't actually on the boat, but he was reported as being on the boat and wow. with the boat because he wasn't recovered because he wasn't there. Oh, that's uh, wild. Crazy, right? So everybody died on the boat or no? I didn't, I don't think everyone died. I just, a lot of people did. Wow. That's wild. I had no idea. That's a great story, Josh. Mm -hmm. Um, 
my story has to do with uh, the Packers. Um, Josh, do you know why the Bears and the Packers have such a storied franchise, uh, a, a storied rivalry? Because do you know George, how it started? Yeah, George Hell started the Packers, right? Um, that that is not why it started. Um, so in the 1920s, and I can't remember when, um, but in the 1920s, um, the Packers got in huge trouble, all right? And they had to like forfeit some games and, and maybe they were even going to have to pay a bu- bunch of money because they played college players in their games and that was illegal. So they got wow. in huge trouble because of that. And then um, what happened is George Hallis then um, petitioned that the NFL give the Packers another chance. And he saved them. Now listen to this. Do you know why they got in trouble for for those? You know, do you know who turned them in? Probably George Hallis. It was George Hallis. <laughs> <laughs> so George Hallis turned them in and then saved them. <laughs> so there's this like <laughs> this hatred between them. It's it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Um he also he's also part of the reason they play in Lambeau Field. Um when the when the state was trying to put together money for a stadium, he came out there and petitioned or, or got up there and spoke in favor of the Packers and saying, Hey, we need to give them a better stadium and all that stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know that. Interesting stuff. And so that's why we play at Lambeau field and always lose. So there we go. Um, <laughs> thank Thank you, Papa bear Hallis. Um, happy birthday, uh, February 2nd, 1895. All right, Josh. Well, we've used up all our time. Um, so real quick, uh, some other sports talk uh, to kind of walk away with. Wait, 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 the Dave, Olympics. Did you, Dave, Dave, did you, did you see yeah. the trailers for the new Batman with uh, Patterson as Batman? Uh, who's what? Who's Patterson? Oh, Patterson. Um, you know, Edward from uh, Twilight. Oh, oh, I don't think Patterson is his name. It's not? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's somewhat close to that, right? Yeah, it's it's Pattinson, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. That's that's right. Um, did you see the the trailers? Uh, yeah, I saw it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, what do you think? It looks good. It looks good. That's a random thought, Josh. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Josh, you just now I I lost. Okay, well, obviously we aren't going to talk about the Olympics, folks, because Josh wanted to talk about the new Batman movie. Um, but <laughs> so you'll have to wait till next week uh, for us to talk about slalom skiing, downhill. It's exciting stuff. Um, but until next week, folks, when we meet again, stay cynical. Bye.